Yeah, and I just want to like like sum up the physiological side using Nick's analogy about how the lung is like the branches of the tree. Sort of, sort of imagine it where, let's say if there's rain, the first thing that the rain is going to hit is the branches of the tree. So that's the first thing that's going to be hit. And when there's water droplets on the tree leaves, it will fall down into the roots. So that's how you get that sort of descending, dispersing function of the tree leaves that go down into the roots in the soil. Um, it's, it's also easily, it technically protects the tree as well, if you think about it, in the sense that if wind blows, the tree leaf, the leaves and the branches will be affected first and not the roots. So that's sort of how you can see the exterior side protecting it. Welcome back to the Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday, and if you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brennan, and I'm joined by Charlene. Hello! Nick. Hey guys, how you going? And Timmy. Hey yo. I believe this is part five of our introductory series. Um, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, uh, make sure to give the... Uh, last episodes a listen so we can keep up to date um this is a series where we take a deep dive into little basic aspects of chinese medicine instead of talking about all the complex ones and all that just so either new listeners or anyone who wants to refine their basic understandings of chinese medicine can kind of get on board um this week we'll start diving a little bit deeper into the organs and breaking them down to the basic understanding uh, through a chinese medicine perspective um, but, however, before we go into the organs, it's probably un- important to understand that the Chinese medicine perspective of organs it does differ quite a lot from the typical science-based uh, Western medicine perspective. Um, the organs are seen for more than their physiological and their structure within our field. Uh, they possess a Chinese medicine function, which um, sometimes isn't in line with Western medicine functions, um, but sometimes they're not, which can get pretty confusing to wrap your head around if your understanding of the body is pretty western based which is generally um general which is like the general understanding of uh, of the body um and all organs also have a pairing organ in chinese medicine where one represents yin and one represents yang and we kind of did dive a little like we kind of touched on it a little bit during five elements and and in yin yang i think um yeah. But today we are talking about specifically the lung and the large intestine. The lung um, is the yin organ in this pairing and the large intestine is the yang organ in this pairing. Yeah, yeah thanks for that, Pete. It's really good now that we're uh, so first of all, we'll go over the lung and now. the functions of the lung um, this, like, and stuff. how this does all of its things and then we'll touch on the large intestine and what that does within the body, which isn't really too much different to um, to Western medicine. And then we'll talk about how their relationship works together and we'll cap it off. Um, so shall we just quickly, briefly, just go over the Western medicine stuff first, um, just to sort of get it out of the way. Oh, confused faces. <laughs> that was a, that was a, like, I didn't expect to start on that one. <laughs> uh, I, like, Whoa. I just wanted to sort of, 
just get it out of the way. The Western medicine stuff. Yeah. Um, so, what is the lungs function Western medicine wise? Uh, isn't it just general? to overall, just to overall get some get oxygen into your body and flush out the carbon dioxide and do the have basically the side of exchange for um, oxygen? See. <laughs> I don't know. That was that was so left field. Yeah. I was like really thrown off. But basically, my understanding of it, and I'm, forgive me if I miss anything, but um, it's just the site where oxygen is uh, diffused. I guess um, is introduced into the bloodstream, and ox- and uh, carbon dioxide is flushed out. Um, and that's through little posits called the alveoli. I just remember it because it sounds like a pasta. Um, and yeah, and it's also a, a means of um, because it's uh, because of those uh, those are so like absorbent. I don't know what the word is, but they're easy to diffuse. Alveoli are easy to diffuse uh, diffuse uh, across. Um, they're also a means of administering medication too. How's that? Yeah, pretty much caps it. Sweet. Yeah, good. Sweet. Do you have anything else to say, Tom? <laughs> you have <look like laughs> to say, Tom? Nope. Nope. Got nothing. And the large intestine is pretty much the same function, Western med and Chinese med. Um, it's the poop. It just helps. It, yeah, that's it. It just helps absorb more fluids um, and, you know, get, yeah, reabsorb and get all the good stuff out of the food um, before it turns into stools. Okay, so shall we, um, after we've clarified that, what is the functions of the Chinese medicine lung and how does this work um, and how do we use it? What do I we see? Feel like, I feel like the first thing to understand, obviously, is that the breathing aspect of the lung is the same um, in Chinese medicine, however, the the function, not the function, the mechanics, I guess, of it um, is a little bit different. Um, and one one thing that we learned first when we we're learning the the, the lung um, function is that um, the lung has like a this is, this is going a little bit specific first, but the uh, the lung has a yin and yang f- uh, controls the breath flow oh my god i i can't word this properly i i, I struggle every morning with this <laughs> but uh the yin draws the breath in and then the yang draws the breath out and with the down and up motion i guess that's a, that's the most bluntest way i can put it um it also is in charge of the uh, dispersion of chi throughout the body um and and there's other couple other ones where they control the surface of the skin and the defensive uh, defenses of your body from the waves of external pathogens. Um, is that the main three? Did I miss what, any? Uh, there's, um, there's still the, the effect of how the lung has on your souls. Whoa, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Is that S R U L S or S R L E S? No, your whole soul. Maybe let's talk about the. Let's talk about what B said first, and then we'll dive into the souls because I feel like that's a big thing to just bring up casually. Yeah. 
something you missed out on. Your soul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's um, in order of I guess what I mentioned. Do you want, do we want to talk about the um the actual breathing aspect? Because I feel like if we if we start with the breathing aspect, it's a little bit easier to kind of then go into the more uh not outlandish the different aspects of it. So um, yeah, I, I, go ahead. yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a good it's a good cross between because in Western med and Chinese med, it's like yeah, the lung controls breathing. That's that's really easy to see, and that's really un- like we can sort of bridge the gap between the two in that way, and just explain how it works from Chinese med now instead. Yeah, so, so what I, brief- mechan- I briefly mentioned the, the breast in Chinese med. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we're full talking over each other. Um, that's right. I did. I did quickly mention the yin and yang. Uh, a movement style of the of the breath does anyone want to kind of like expand on that at all because i kind of put it really flatly not all once it's all good so the air comes in we breathe the air in and (laughs) it it requires essence from the spleen so the lung the air comes in and then the spleen essence comes up and then it combines to form zhong qi, which is qi that we need to circulate in our body. And our voice is supported by the zhong qi. So we require those two things. And then it becomes qi that circulates in our body. And the lungs function is to descend and disperse the qi. I have lost faces. No, <laughs> no, 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 that was great. Right. That was great. That was exactly what I wanted. (laughs) Okay. And then the other side of the function is that all the waste or um, things that we breathe in from the air that we don't need, the lung then exhales that all out again. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That that was really good. See, I I couldn't put into words like Charlene does a lot of the time. So that's how how the breath is turned into that chi, that like we were talking about in our last episode, that you know that life force or um, that that driving energy uh, that we get from the outside world, um, and then there's the other part of the breath that's that's being drawn down to the kidneys as well. Uh, I don't know if did we touch on that? Did you touch on that in your intro there, B? Yeah, cool. yeah totally. Uh, yeah, so yeah. that's. <laughs> So that sort of connects the top and the bottom um, and between the upper jaw and the lower jaw. So the breath comes in and it's drawn down to the kidneys, which is like the root. And you can, I think of it as like the root of the tree. So you've got your lungs, which is like the branches, um, and which is really easy to imagine if you sort of know what the lung looks like because it kind of looks like tree branches. Um, and then your kidneys are like the roots of the tree. So when the nutrients comes in, it's drawn all the way down to the kidneys, and the kidneys hold that, and they grasp that, that chi- uh, the breath, and then that's when you breathe in, and then as you breathe out, obviously the kidneys let it go, and it comes up and out through the lungs. Um, and then when there's issues with this, that's when you get problems like shortness of breath and coughing and these sort of manifestations because you can't get that deep breath the kidney's not grasping that chi at the bottom there yeah and that that sort of makes sense with a lot of menopause uh, menopausal 
kind of like conditions. And I know we're kind of like really, uh, I don't, I want to avoid going into too many like complicated, um, ideas too quickly, but, um, if a, a way that you can kind of apply it, that aspect is that when you go through menopause, it's, uh, basically an, an understanding that you need is that your kidneys start to kind of like lose their function. Um, and then they can't really grasp the air that much, much. So a lot of the time you get things like, um, I know I've seen a case where it was really textbook where, uh, Strogen's disease, where it was like Ostrogen syndrome rather, where all the, what do you call it? The moistening of the throat and the grasping of the, the breath, it wasn't really that strong. Uh, so then the, it, she, it was really hard for that patient to kind of inhale and hold the breath quite easily because the kidneys were too weak to really grasp it um, or to keep it down and release and all that. So she had a lot of breathing problems. So that's a kind of a, a really, it's a very textbook way to kind of apply that knowledge to something like conditions and all that. And then on the other side, so that was the descending function. So the other function of the lung is to disperse. So the nutrients that they takes from the or it produces from the outside world, it then distributes it to the skin, the hair, and is it? Am I missing something? The mouth skin and the nose. And hair. Oh, yeah, the, nose. the mouth and the nose, and also it helps to create and distribute that wei qi as well. What is Wei Qi that you talk about? Oh, fantastic segue. In the simplest form, <laughs> it's defensive Qi. So it circulates at the surface of the skin and it kind of protects our body from those external pathogens. So, for example, if you're out in the cold for a long time and you're not properly rugged up um, or... Yeah, your Wei Qi can become weak and then that's how you get susceptible to colds and things like that because you're not properly protecting the surface. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, it makes, makes sense. sense. I was I was understanding it and I was like, in my head, I'm kind of thinking about all the people that are like, you can't get sick from getting cold. And I'm like, <laughs> let's see, you're not seeing it from this angle. <laughs> Wei Qi. Wei Qi is like... Wei Qi is almost like your first line of defense in the immune system, if you're going to roughly translate it to, to Western medicine. Um, but the other thing that comes up often, sorry, is like being Wei Qi deficient and people will, will quickly try to assume that they're deficient in Wei Qi, um, which isn't always the case. You know, it's, if you get sick once or twice a year, it doesn't necessarily mean you have like a Wei Qi deficiency. Um, but if you're getting sick for, you know, four or five times a year, you know, you constantly sort of run down, you're constantly fighting pathogens. That's when we're talking sort of Wei Qi deficiency. Um, it's it's something that can be penetrated, but it's not something that um, is, is easily damaged, if that yeah, makes sense. It's, yeah, it's like a fortress wall. And like some guys might slip by, it doesn't mean your fortress is dead. But like if you actually don't have that fortress wall, then it's like, you know, everyone's going to come and visit you and take all the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and pretty much. 
I guess yeah. following that analogy, I forgot to mention that the way she controls the opening and closing of the pores, which is how the gates. those pathogens and those, yeah, the actual like the gates that Tom was talking about. Um, and that's how those pathogens or um, things that don't belong in our body kind of get into our body through those pores if they're open for too long. Timmy, I Close love your analogies, the man. They're so, they're so applicable. Like, <laughs> I feel like 90% of our conversation is uh, usually is just analogies of <laughs> understanding. It's the Chinese way, dude. Yeah, it is Pretty the much. Chinese way. This is, this is the Chinese medicine way. It's I like mean, setting, <laughs> setting the mountain on fire. Oh. <laughs> the, cool. Heaven's the, coolness. Penetrating heaven's, heaven's coolness. Penetrating heaven's coolness. <laughs> Uh, if you don't if you don't understand what's going on right now, it's totally fine. <laughs> just in case you know you're not out of the loop, it's just yeah. <laughs> they're, they're actual Chinese medicine terms, though. They are techniques <laughs> that have been refined. <laughs> There's something also about a jade dr- jade turtle or something. Uh, what? What was it? Oh, uh, you don't the, know the jade the turtle? turtle one? Like turtle I don't know the jade turtle though. No. Like that. Yeah. Don't forget about the, about the phoenix as well. That guy is still chilling in the yes. back. <laughs> and there's always a dragon um, somewhere. Yeah. Always yeah. a dragon. Always. Oh my god. Uh, so we're talking about the the functions of the lung and sort of how it descends and disperses chi and creates zhong chi. Um, but yeah, let's go into that that soul aspect and the emotion aspect that you were talking about before, Tom. Do you want to run us through? some of that sorry um, can i sorry before oh, we yeah. move into that because that's completely different can, can i also just mention that the lung helps to drain the water passages as well yeah i think that's we'll, we'll start on like the physiological side first and i think we can move on to like the psychological yeah. after because it's going to be like totally different from western med once we move on to the psychological sort of stuff yeah, Sorry, that's all continue. I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. Is it, <laughs> do you want to run us through the water passage and what it is and how it works? Mm-hmm. Um, sure, I guess. So water goes into our mouth and then it goes into us. Well, the lung kind of descends everything and then it goes into our stomach and then the spleen separates the solid and it goes through the spleen for refining um basically and then it goes through the bladder to drain to the outside so the good stuff is taken by the spleen and then the bad stuff is transported to the bladder for removal so that's the simplest water passage in our body chinese medicine pathway that's the word i just blanked Oh wait, and then there was Story the kidney in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the kidney, the kidney supports the spleen as well, um, to kind of that. help that separation of the good and bad stuff. But I think we're going to talk about that stuff when we get to those organs. Um, this yeah. is just a brief overview of that water passage. Yeah, and and when Charlene mentions the water, it's not like literal drinking water that you drink it's more of like the body fluids in the body and how it sort of flows around and goes up and down throughout so you can have like stuff being transformed or stuff being created all that sort of movement 
happens with the lung sending stuff down and dispersing it. So what's the lung's function in all of this then? Um, Like, why is the lung important? (laughs) DD. Thanks. (laughs) DD. DD. So when we mention DD, it's the descending and dispersing function. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify. I feel so like yeah, that it's definitely like the, the descending. Yeah, it's the it's the dispersing, descent, like the descending, kind of like spreading everything where it should be, um, and kind of uh, like using your tree analogy, it's it's the branches, so it's sort of like, um, it's kind of like spreading itself all around. Uh, other than the whole like, um, what do you call it? Obviously, the breathing and everything, but other than like the the way chi and the um, and the surface of the skin stuff, it kind of like, kind of, it makes sense. Like it's obviously it's just breathing in and out, up and down, dispersing. That's, that's not really outlandish, but the only thing that you really need to uh, remember that is quite different from the science, uh, the science-based perspective is that, yeah, it's the, the defensive, um, defense, defense mechanism of your body, which is Wei Qi and all that is governed by your lung. Um, Yeah. Uh, and let's, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to hear about, oh, sorry, do you have something to add to that, Charlie? I did, hang on, wait, let me get this. You got this, you got oh, this. It's important because it's basically our connection to the outside world. It's the most kind of like young or outside organ of our body, so it's important to keep that imbalanced and healthy because it is interacting with everything in the outside world for us. Yeah, and I just want to like, like sum up the physiological side using Nick's analogy about how the lung is like the branches of the tree sort of sort of imagine it where let's say if there's rain the first thing that the rain is going to hit is the branches of the tree so that's the first thing that's going to be hit and when there's water droplets on the tree leaves it will fall down into the roots so that's how you get that sort of descending dispersing function of the tree leaves that go down into the roots and the soil um, it's it's also easily it technically protects the tree as well if you think about it in the sense that if wind blows the tree le- the leaves and the branches will be affected first and not the roots so that's sort of how you can see the exterior side protecting it. And I'm so tripped out by these analogies. These analogies are so good. Does that, does I can't. That <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. The whole when you threw in the leaves, I was like, oh damn. <laughs> Oh just, man! Just All right. Understand it. I am so interested in this whole uh, psychological aspect of it. Um, is this from uh, your Between Heaven and Earth book? Yeah. Uh, this the is web. From... Yeah. Oh, the, the web, web with no weaver. The web. No weaver. Ah. That has no weaver. That has no. Yeah, weaver. Yeah, there's no weaver. The web has no weaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weave has not been web. The web has the, not been the, web, the, web, the, web, the weaver, <laughs> the weaver the has, has not, not been web. <laughs> uh, either way, do you want to run us through that, Tom? You you mentioned it. You seemed pretty keen on it. Are, yeah, are we all yeah. good on the physiological functions? And like, yeah, I haven't missed anything. So. Um, I th- I think for the lung, this is like the weirdest thing because. When you imagine something like the lung, it's like how can how can this link to emotions or psychological aspect of like humans? That's so weird. But let me let me explain. Let me explain. So the lung, 
is the storage for something called the Po or the animal soul. So when talking about this animal soul, this, so there's, there's different parts of the soul and they each have different functions and controls. So the animal soul or the Po is in control of our emotional reactivity to life. So stuff like, think of it like the animal sort of side of you, where if it's sort of, if there's sort of, um, if you lose control or you can't, um, it's out of proportion, then um, it tends to be erratic and uncontrollable. So like an animal, like that animal side of you. Right. Sorry. <laughs> so, okay. I, sorry, I just got distracted because are you hearing those voices as well? Yeah. Yeah. Or is that <laughs> just me? Okay. I was so. I was so confused. I was just like, what's yeah, wrong with no, me? What, what am I hearing? It's your soul. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my That's soul? soul what, what are you saying out. to me? Yeah, I was trying to be so like, I was trying to focus on what Timmy was saying. I just kept hearing these voices. I'm like, Tim, is that your mum or something? <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, it's the animal soul coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so by animal, um, the animal aspect of this, like, um, does it mean like your instinctive, does it mean like your insti- instincts and all that? Cause that's, that's the first thing that comes kind of comes to mind when you, when you say it, like the animal side of you. Yeah. It's sort of that, um, psych- like, do you know how we can always sort of have that like animal side brain to us where we can always like turn it on and off and what, what makes us like human is being able to reason and compose ourselves in situations you know what i mean yeah and does it when it comes to animal the animal side is it like more uh, kind of like the survival aspect of um almost like it like how about because when we're talking about animal aspect i always think of also like fight fight or flight too does that come into play at all with that no, this, like, I can see why, because, like, the Western med sort of side, but this is more of just your emotions and your psyche rather than physiological translated functions in your body. Like, there's no, this is not uh, in control of, like, adrenaline rushes and stuff. It's more of, like, how you compose yourself in society. So, let's say that this, your animal soul is affected you tend to become uh, like more emotionless or you either be like one side, which is totally like emotionally dead or super like hysterical, like maniac where you sort of don't have control or composure. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to like kind of put it together. Um, I'm sure it makes sense. I just I'm just not following very well. <laughs> it it's it's not an easy concept to grasp that the soul in Chinese medicine and how it translates to uh, symptoms and treating patients and um, that aspect of 
of like clinical aspect of Chinese medicine, um, and I, my understanding of it is very small. Um, so, let, let me see if I can give you another example. So, the lung is often affected by grief the most. So, let's say someone someone that you loved or something that you had recently lost something, and you go into like sort of mourning, sort of grief. Um, your lungs are the first affected, so you tend to have like, uh, like, very like raspy sort of breathing, uncontrollable breathing. Um, you feel a lot of grief, and that affects like, mm, like, other than breathing, probably like your defenses. You tend to fall sick a lot easier. So when that's intact, do you know how when you see those sort of movies where? The person's grieving. They tend to be hysterical. They tend to like lose control of their composure on one side, or they tend to be um, like totally emotionless, and they tend to shut everything out and just not react to anything or not react to society in any way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You have two sides where they either go like crazy due to grief, or they go like totally emotionally dead. I think um, one of the things that I took away from that and from the book was that the po 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 I don't know how to pronounce it um, is more to do with kind of like short term reactions and how you can like um, deal with those kind of things that happen to you in the short term. So going with the grief thing, if someone dies, if your po po is intact if that's part of your spirit is intact you're able to kind of go through those emotions and react to that in i guess a normal way or like to deal with those um emotions that you're meant to whereas if it's not intact if it's weaker you may lash out or you may kind of go into extreme sadness or like further than what i guess you would expect yourself to so it's being able to react in a proportionate way to what is happening around you is that Ooh. kind of what you would say is would it would you call it like your mental fortitude is governed by your poet would you say that or is it more like it governs the actual reactions and and bouncing back from them oh wait, no it's kind of the same thing more like um <laughs> that is basically the same thing is it is it like the the bounce back from certain emotional aspects to, to then becoming normal or is it more like um is it more like just governing all reactions no definitely it's, it, not the second one okay oh well your uh your short-term reactions because like that's what Char charlene was saying how it's like short-term the, the like short-term in the moment yeah, yeah it's like something happens and if you were, if, if you were to, because I'm trying to wrap my head around this too, um, if by saying that someone has a, a, a weak pole, pole, whatever, whatever it is, um, yeah, it is that governed as like, let's say, say someone is deeply affected by this short term reaction and then it's, it lingers for a really long time. Could you say they have a weak pole or pole? Because their short term yeah. reaction is kind of like damaged, they're almost their, their, I guess their soul in a way very easily. Can you, can you put it like that? Mm -hmm. like, oh. like, let's say that you're not dealing with grief very well, then you would act like you, rather than accepting that you probably 
just like numb yourself out to like wanting to confront it. That could be due to like a poor poor po. Yeah. <laughs> a poor po. Yeah. I think I have it to. It could be. Um, oh no no go ahead go ahead sorry. I was gonna say I think it can be like weakened if you've kind of um, not kept everything in balance, not kind of dealt with everything, um, and also it can be disrupted as well, like weakened and disrupted, like some you may just moment not momentarily but like in for a little while just not be able to deal with things but like it's not in the in your entire life if that makes sense yeah it doesn't make like sense a, no it's like I think a so. wavelength where it's just like imagine it's stable steady and then let's say that someone died or something then it goes sort of out of whack but then it can still go back into balance eventually wow so interesting yeah, uh, it's like I kind of like the, the, uh, feel it's like a almost like a sheet where it's like and then there's like the the mental trauma kind of like is like a finger just going into the sheet right and then uh, the Poe is kind of like the, its ability to retain go to go back into the regular um, regular form of the sheet. If you have a weak Poe, it kind of the fingerprint kind of just stays there and stays there for a while. Also weakening that integrity there so if something actually happens again where you chuck another finger in the same spot it might break or it might be a little bit more weaker on that area is that is that something is that an analogy analogy king analogy king is that a is that a good way to go about it or <laughs> i think because there's there's more than one soul and i think there's so many layers that all encompass the whole soul so i think that's a good analogy when you're talking about the human soul all the souls combined but and the animal so the pole is just one of those layers so when it's affected it will it will stay like unaffected depending on how well they deal with it i feel like the yeah, the that souls i feel like the soul the different types of souls and all that is a whole different aspect and i'm sh i'm sure you've touched it on do with me right i haven't listened to it so <laughs> you haven't okay only like scraped the surface Ah, uh, you scraped the so surface. So complicated. Yeah, mm. there's just so much to talk about and so much to dissect. And it's so subject. Like, Chinese medicine is so subjective as well. So it's kind of hard to kind of put a definition on it or to kind of explain our point of view because other people interpret it, like, interpret these things so differently. And, yeah, it's, re it's a really interesting topic. Yeah, that, that being said, I feel like there is an underlying, like, knowledge baseline rather than just being like, ooh, it's all subjective, this is all sort of like up to... It's a there's a core knowledge, and that's that's kind of that's kind of why we, and I'm going to go like a lot bigger picture right now, that's kind of why we started this whole introductory series, because there's a fundamental idea that you come across, well, that, that that is cemented into your brain when you learn Chinese medicine, and then you start becoming a little bit more... Uh, then you kind of open your mind to being a little bit more subjective when it comes to case to case because people are different people uh, people are all different they're they're um, they're stronger in one organ weaker than the other or one aspect uh, stronger in one aspect and weaker than another aspect so touching on your idea of um, basically Chinese medicine being subject subjective it's like yeah and um, basically yeah you're seeing different cases you're seeing different people 
So, um, again, full circle. That's why we do the series because to really concrete everything. Um, is that everything you wanted to touch on in terms of the psychological side? Because I'm thinking going more clinical now. Yeah. Should we talk about poo? Yeah, should we talk about large intestine? Oh, we completely neglected the large intestine. <laughs> we, oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, no, but it's like the soul we finished over, the lung and now. <laughs> poo. Yeah, we finished. Yeah. Now the poo poo. All right. Well, I mean, it is pretty And the pretty large intestine side isn't that big. Yeah. Yeah, despite the name. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> so, pretty much, the large intestine, yeah, it's in charge of the poo-poo, um, but also reabsorption of the fluids too. Um, in, in the Western medicine perspective, it is the, the second round of uh, absorption through after the small intestine where it absorbs all the nutrients and all that. The large intestine kind of reabsorbs the fluids that, um, that are needed in your body, uh, depending on your... Uh, hydration state i guess if you're low on fluids then it'll um retain the fluid like kind of reabsorb more fluid to kind of balance it out um and from a chinese medicine perspective it doesn't differ that much at all other than some i can't i can't really come to is there is there a really clear difference between the chinese medicine and the western medicine perspective that i'm missing at the moment? Not not really. Um, you pretty much capped it off. Uh, it's, it's sort of just what it's affected by and how we treat it is the main differences um, in... And But that's sort of like deep dive into like clinical aspect of Chinese medicine. Um, you know, it can be quite affected by like heat and dryness and that sort of thing. And, and that can also... Um, be represented in different ways other than just the stool, you know, like that large intestine heat that comes up as as like acne or, you know, stuff to do with your skin as well. Um, and I suppose that, that comes in connection with the lung um, and that, that, whole, that whole connection, the lung's connection with the skin and the lung's connection with the large intestine. Um, but I, I think the main connection um, is the grief and being able to access... Um, if you're treating grief and helping somebody let go of that, treating the the large intestine meridian and the, those acupuncture points um, to help the person let go and sort of come to terms with their own grief is is the biggest part of that that large and lung lung and large intestine connection. Yeah, um, about the connection with the with the. Uh, grief. I never really associated myself personally uh, large intestine and grief other than it's a grief's connection with lung which is connected to the large intestine um, is there anything specific as the aspect of what's that confused face for to me <laughs> you just said the same thing Reverse. no 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 I I haven't heard anything about large intestine specifically towards grief like there's no I, I there's no direct connection yes. for me personally anyway other than just the the co- uh, collateral i guess collateral co- connection between the two with, with with the lung in between um is there anything specific yeah, but, uh, to large intestine the large intestine is is given the the function of letting go 
and that's why I used those that term before. Um, and that's sort of the the universal aspect of it. Um, is yeah, you treat that the large intestine for somebody that sort of can't let go of that emotion. It's sort of hindering them. It's you know, um, they're holding on to their grief and the sadness. And yeah, you use the large intestine to to help them like purge that and let it. Yeah, that's it. You know, sort of expel it out of the body. <laughs> I didn't know how else to say it, but yeah. No, it's it's true though. You see a lot of constipated patients that are like patients come in or uh, they're 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 constipated and they're like. You can see a whole bunch of pent up frustration or some something pent up in general. So, I, I, adding to what you were saying, like the aspect of letting go and like the kind of like feeling almost stuck, is I is related to things like large intestine, and it also is um, manifested in the way of constipation and being stuck. It's actually really cool that you talked about that because I haven't heard a lot of that before. Where, uh, the mental aspect of the large intestine, anyway, which is really cool. Yeah, I I think it's important to associate them together between the large intestine and the lungs where they're connected and they have their own functions, but they're also there to like help each other. And if one's affected, the other one tends to be affected as well and vice versa. So how are we feeling about the large intestine, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, have we have we done that one justice? Have we done done the poo-poo justice? We can let it go. Uh, <laughs> we well, I, I love the preparation that you did. That you were just like, <laughs> just slowly going towards the mic and be like, "We can let it go." All right, now um, um, I just thought oh. I'd mention. Oh, go sorry, it. me. I just thought no, I'd mention while we're just talking about like grief and letting it go and stuff. Um, a fantastic acupuncture point for this is bladder 43 and it's, it's, um, outside of the, the normal back shoe points, but it, it helps with that, the grief aspect of the lung, um, and tonifying that, that side of the lung. Um, you know, it also helps with, you know, dyspnea and cough and here it's got tuberculosis, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, that weakness and deficiency and that, that letting go of the grief and normally those outside points of the back shoe points, so bladder, you know, the bladder 40s um, are quite connected to the emotions and that side of things where the, the in, inner back shoe points, um, bladder, you know, 11 to 20s, um, is to do with the physiological function. And to help the actual, you know, to help that descending and dispersing function of the lung and, and that Ooh. side of things. So I thought Noted. I'd throw that little tidbit in. No, because I like that point. Nick? We haven't done acupuncture. Woo! No, Jump well, in the gun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> now, now we've thrown all the information that we need now, right? Uh, do we want to add any more information before we kind of go into the discussion portion? A little bit? Yeah, no, nah, I'm just going to throw out a real quick question. Now, I'm, I know, if I, I, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in terms of um, treating and all that, uh, what's the what's your experiences with the lung in terms of uh, clinic for you guys? Uh, maybe most complicated case, 
what's your most complicated case or interesting case you've seen in terms of the lung and how it, how this function is affected? Not all ones. Anyone? <laughs> Anyone had an interesting case with, can the, I, with the lung? Can before? I just talk about? Can we just talk about me and how my lungs are not great? Oh, go ahead. How? Yeah, I think simply like mm, I have a lot of sinus issues, and I've had a viral lung infection at one point. It wasn't serious, but from all of that, I guess my water passage, water metabolism passage is not great, which is why I get sinus issues a lot of the time, especially when it's cold and um, when it's wet, things kind of get worse because there's more moisture in the air. And I think my lungs are kind of like taking all of that in. So I guess that's one example of the water passage. So the lung is not able to descend and disperse properly. So everything is like kind of focused at the top for me. Top of, yeah. So you get a lot of uh, congestion effect? and all that. Oh, sorry, Timmy. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, no, no you. No, I was just... You go. No, 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 you. <laughs> no, no, you. No, I was just going to, I was just going to ask like, has it affected any of the lung functions? Any other lung functions? So, like, have you been getting sick more easily? Or I think, have you... Yeah. I think when this first started, I was. And also, this is going to get very personal. Um, there was a grief, like, a grieving stage that I went through before all of this happened. So, um, a relative of mine died quite... I don't think it was suddenly, but it wasn't something that I was able to properly deal with. Basically, I wasn't there to say goodbye. And I think I was holding on to that. And then that then affected kind of like my Wei Qi, my um, lungs and my just like DD functions. So I guess I might be a classic example of how the like mental and the physical, physiological or like the mental and the functional kind of interact with each other. Yeah, I was going to mention sort of that grief side of um, the grief aspect of the lung. Um, and yeah, that's a prime example of, of how it can affect uh, patients and, and you know, people. Um, and when you're, in, when you're in that clinical side of Chinese medicine and treating patients, it's, it's, it's not easy to ask about these questions. Um, and, you know, they might, they might come up when when you're actually doing the acupuncture or when you're just chatting to them um and you know it's sort of an easy segue for me because i also work in the funeral industry so <laughs> talking about death can can sort of come across quite easily um but so when you you know t chatting to your patients and discussing these things and that aspect of grief can come up um it's i feel like it's quite important to talk about it and sort of dive into it and see if it's playing an aspect on their life. Um, is that why they've got that chronic upper back pain that they just can't let go of? Um, and is it sort of around that bladder 43, bladder 12 area? You know, and it's like kind of a knot. Um, and that, that could be that just that grief that they're holding on to. Or, you know, are they also getting some, some upper respiratory issues? Or, you know, there's, there's lots of aspects that come into play. Or if you've been treating them for a very long time and sort of nothing's really getting better um, and 
you, you know it's sort of lung weakness and and you can see these patterns and you're doing all the right things, but they're not letting go of that grief. That can be that that bridge to the next to the next step. So I think that grief aspect of the lung is is quite important to look at. Yeah, for sure. And just to, I guess, finish up this little case study on me, I'm pretty sure I went to see Nick to get acupuncture and he did lung three and then I just started like crying my eyes out. I don't know if you remember, but I I was just like, I'm sad. And he's just like, lung three. And then I was like, (laughs) yeah. It was a whole thing, but it was great and it kind of helped. It helped me along. So if you are kind of going through some emotional stuff, talk to your acupuncturist about it or talk to your Chinese med doctor or talk to someone, even if it's not them, and see how you can get this going, get this started. So, as. Opening up the waterworks, literally. Yeah. And on that note, as always, thank you for listening to the Forever Young podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and join our discussion page. That was a very sad note to end on. No, Anyways. No, it was, it was, it was perfect. I, I wanted to throw in before we put the, before we outro, just really quick. Thank you for sharing your condition also and everything that's going on. It was, it's very comprehensive and really interesting to, think, uh, to talk about and all that. And it, it's, a, it's a lot of strength to put it out there. So thanks, Charlene. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and <laughs> and as always, <laughs> we're the Forever Young Podcast, and uh, you'll hear from us next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.